Good old boys. I'm Mart. Bog Beef. Fredo. And we got Gore joining us. The, the real gear jammer. Hey, what's happening, guys? Oh, I love uh still got it? Mm. Could not possibly lose it when we got Gore here tonight. Let's get that money. I I, I love that song. I love George Thorgood. You know, the, the 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 thing that gives him the credibility to do that song is um you know, he had that tour. He did 50 states, uh, 50 dates. He did 50, 50 days in a row. He did every state in America. That's a that's a logistical challenge right there. That's Hell yeah. Of, that's a lot of trucking. How did he what how did he manage the so I guess like he would he fly to, from Hawaii to Alaska or something? He started he started October 23rd in Honolulu, Hawaii. So he he start he started out October twenty third Honolulu twenty fourth Alaska, and then twenty fifth Portland, and then he was then you're good to go. You know, if you, if you're doing it the first night, that's not that bad a flight. I think that's because to like California, it's like I want to say like six. I someone can fact check me in the that's listening. I think it's about six hours from California to Honolulu. So Alaska's only a little further. Yeah, that's eleven thousand two hundred forty-three miles on the road. Uh, pretty badass. Um, <clears throat> I'm sure that's nowhere near the number that you have on the road, Gord. Uh, I've lost count, but yeah, eleven thousand miles. That's a uh, average over-the-road trucker in the U.S. That's about two months worth of work, a little bit less. <laughs> uh, you know, I no, not even. Sorry, one month. Sorry, one month. About, uh, about four, four, four or five weeks, tops. Th- Damn, I, I believe it, you know, because uh, especially I, I the other day I listened to your um your interview probably one or two episodes back with uh Uncle Kevin, Uncle Kevin Kenneth Kinky, uh a brilliant interview, great podcast, voice of Gord. Uh where can people find that? Uh I'm on Spotify, Apple, all your major podcatchers. I also post it to my Substack, autonomous truckers.substack.com. A big shout out to our uh, mutual friend, Big Sib. He put me, uh, he he dug up the contact details for Kev and uh, I got a hold of him and he's been texting me like 15 times a day ever since, man. He's, he's real boomer waffing hours, that guy. (laughs) Uh, He's great. The best part was, I mean, and and this is just, um, so, I mean, I think, so in the, in the seventies, probably early eighties, I don't know, but definitely. I'd say like late seventies and stuff. When did when did Smokey and the Bandit come out? Smokey and the Bandit, nineteen eighty. So right, right there. And uh, about that time, uh, Uncle Uncle Kevin's talking about this. So Gord asked him, "Why did you want to be a trucker?" And he says, "Well, you know, I grew up working on a farm, and so you know, truckers come pick up the produce, and so he got to meet." a truckers in this that that was you know you're 16 you meet the truck the trucker of 1979 who is the coolest people in the world i mean so rock stars dressed up like truckers not the other way around at that time right yeah i know it was um a little bit more looked up to back then and there was a lot of cultural cachet to it there's all these movies you know Smokey and the bandit convoy uh, it was just it was it, it was in the cultural zeitgeist. There was um, at the you know the seventies were fairly tumultuous politically, and the the trucker was seen as this throwback to a more honest and better America, 
and you know the trucker occupied this um you know kind of a oh what's the word i'm looking for like a like a totem you know like it, it meant something and and people really glommed onto that eh? yeah like cowboys yeah we're symbol yeah exactly Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The, the cowboy thing is perfect. I know like every all the great country and rock rock singers and stuff of that age, they would put trucks on their album. They put them on their album cover. Chris Christopherson, he wanted to look like a trucker. He, the truckers weren't trying to look like Chris Christopherson. You know, they had they had they had their stuff figured out and they were cool. And there were, you know, he told the story. He said that they would in the center console, they would have a cooler. They they pop a beer on the road. He said they they'd have a different woman with them every time. You know these guys are blowing through town, meeting chicks. They got money in their pocket. They got places to be. I don't know. It was just a very that that was that was just a very uh, uh, awesome story, my uncle Kevin. Yeah, and that's a fellow with tons of awesome stories, and uh, he's sort of built this legend for himself through his various posting, and then other people like Sib reposting it and he's got this sort of legend around him and he harkens back to that time pretty well. Eh? Yeah. And I love, you know, he's, uh, you said like, well, have you found a woman or whatever? He says, no, 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 no woman. And then every other story he's like, well, I'm laid up with this one and that one. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, he, he certainly uh, holds it down in, in that way. Well, now, he, sent, he sent me a text message the other day. He was taking his 34-hour reset at some joint in California and talking about how good the food is. And, you know, there's a massage parlor upstairs. And he uh, he got the services of a young Chinese lady for $160, whatever that means, you know. Uh, <laughs> old, old Tomcat needs a little back massage every now and then, I guess. Oh, the, uh, the, uh, I don't want to spoil the whole episode, but, um, you know, he's out on the road, uh, kicking, you know, kicking ass and he, he like breaks his foot. I can't remember exactly, but breaks his toe, breaks, uh, injures his foot. Uh, you know, he's out on the, the, the he didn't have, he didn't have a way to get to a hospital or anything. You know, he's, he's out there and, uh, he, he stops at a, one of these do these massage parlors for truckers and one of these one of these uh, uh Asian masseuses patched up his foot. That's some real that's 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 some that's, that's a real that's, happy ending. <laughs> uh that, that that that's definitely like some cowboy stuff, you know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. He's, he he certainly lives a very unique lifestyle. He's on the road all the time, he doesn't ever really go home. He just kind of lives in that truck and just he just he just does it. He's just living it, doing his own thing. Um, yeah, they, they threw whatever molds they used to make Uncle Kevin. They like busted them and threw them away when they were done stamping that guy out. Yeah, and by the way, same thing. There are little rock, literal rock stars trying to hang out with Uncle Kevin. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's friends with some guy who like does songwriting for Tim McGraw and some other people down in Nashville and. He told this story about, you know, walking the streets in Asheville with this famous songwriter dude and people coming up and asking Uncle Kevin to take selfies with him and ignoring the songwriter guy. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Now, okay, so moving on. Now, you're a busy man, too. And uh, the, within the past week, you are printed in Newsweek. Newsweek. Yeah, um, well, there's this issue going on up in Canada that hasn't really received the attention it needs. Um, and I interviewed this lady 
who's basically one of the only people in Canada discussing the plight of these four guys who were rounded up like at Freedom Convoy at one of the protest sites in Alberta. And they've been in jail ever since. It's sort of this like Canadian January 6th prisoner situation. No trial yet, no bail. Uh, the government's accused them of some pretty heinous stuff, but everything about the about this case stinks, and the media is refusing to talk about it, which also stinks. So I, I interview this lady. Um, some some folks uh, heard, heard that interview and said, "Hey, uh, you know, can, can, yeah, our, our mutual friend Bacha said, hey, can you write something for Newsweek?' So there you go. Yeah, I saw Bacha bring up the topic on Fox, which, uh, you know, when I heard her say that, I was like, I was sitting there thinking, you know, that is, that is the voice of Gord getting out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, someone's <laughs> got to do it for me because I'm not on Twitter anymore. Kicked off for a third time. So here we are. Well, uh, were you accused of, of saying no, no things about your prime minister? That was my theory. Uh, yeah. Uh, ambiguously worded reply in a thread about <laughs> about uh you know cuba's most infamous son who is now our prime minister and uh it, the funny thing was timing like there's this whole twitter files thing right and i want them to do a twitter files canada because like the reply in question sort of sat there for two or three weeks and then you know, I do this interview with Margaret McKay, uh, the, the lady who's discussing the four gentlemen in coots. And like a week after that, I get yanked off Twitter. So it's just like, again, really? Like, have you guys got nothing better to do? Uh, yeah, that that's how they do things. This is why you got to be careful about what you post on Twitter. If you, I mean, if you care about getting banned, because what they'll do is you'll say something that somebody doesn't like and then some purple hair person will go through everything that you've ever tweeted and try to find something that they can report you and then they'll mass report you and get yeah you i don't know but, if there's anything that in that case that would have helped gore because what i what i've gathered especially listening to all these twitter files interviews and stuff is that uh elon is sort of taking seriously the fight with the united states government you know, and he, and he would, you know, he would, he would detail that basically the United States government had like a drop off email address. That's just, just send in names here and we'll ban them. Just it, it, whatever. If you're, your ATF or your FBI or whoever, whatever you want, just drop the names here and we'll ban them. And, and you know, it sounds like he's taken very seriously that, but anytime he's ever addressed these kinds of questions regarding other countries, uh, he says like, well, uh, you know, the last time I saw this come up, I think it was with Turkey, but it's definitely happened with other things where Turkey said, Hey, we want you to ban these people. And he just banned them. And the, and in the replies, they said, well, well, why would you do that? Aren't you supposed to be the guy and stuff? And he says, well, I mean, what do you want? You, you want us, you want him to take us off in, in Turkey. And he just sounded like he didn't really take seriously, uh, these sort of non non United States actors, and so yes, I mean, that's a great point. I think there definitely should be a Twitter files can because it sounds like it's still being written. Well, yes, actually, it probably is in process because there's legislation that's happening in Canada right now. Um, they just passed this thing called Bill C11, which effectively grants the feds more control over 
the type of content that goes on the internet in Canada and allows them to like oversee what search engines and social media post. It's, it's very sort of like North Korea, you know, like, you know, Juche Justin or something. And then there's this other bill C18, which is supposed to like, again, more, more content moderation. It's supposed to like help Canadian media producers because they've been losing money, even though Trudeau's, subsidized a lot of them heavily and there was like this fight between google meta and trudeau about like they basically said we're not paying you because if c18 gets passed the government would basically be able to hand all the social media companies a bill for like you know if, if posting any canadian news or can canadian content and the google and meta just told trudeau to get lost like we're not we're not subjecting ourselves to your robbery and it's created this like big firestorm back home so like you know if if Elon Musk doesn't want to waltz into that right now or maybe like Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi and the Twitter files people aren't paying attention maybe that's why like the the, the whole scene in Canada is a real big cluster right now oh, shout out to Blackpill Cag says he's trucking as he listens to this 720 kilometers to go Oh, he's using he's using commie kilometers. He must be north of the border. Uh, I think he's uh, I think he's in in Europe. But um, so yeah. So uh, Valarn says uh, we'll start out with uh, Randathir says they don't really have anything better to do. Lol, they don't. I mean, so I I have first I I wouldn't say first hand experience, but so so first off, the easiest way to look at this is uh, that woman that was running around with that child molester guy. What was that woman's name? But sorry. Giz Lane, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is someone that's got access to billions of dollars. Um, like, like if they if they wanted to do anything politically, she could just like call up Bill Clinton. Mm -hmm. uh, that 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 kind of person with that kind of political access. What do they do all day? They sit there and they <laughs> and they ban people from Reddit. Reddit. <laughs> we know people. So I know people that have like and so like your average sort of patronage job, Democrat person, which we'll have some stories here out there today like your average person that's pulling in six figures at nyu or something like that uh you wouldn't believe i mean so so i know of people that 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 had access to these people and like one day a week everybody at work they all they go to the they they would go to the library the 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 school library and they spend the whole day they buy they buy a couple pizzas and they start and they they edit uh liberal propaganda into uh wikipedia yeah it was funny we noticed this years ago on on a particular forum political forum and like everybody at this you know what we're talking about all the 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 big leftist political podcasts like came from that forum and you would notice that uh they people posted the most from nine to five yeah because <laughs> they had jobs that, that let them that's a little more I think that's a little more common now, especially because of, of of smartphones. Like you can just you can your boss doesn't really watch what you what you type on your phone or whatever. But that was like their thing. They would just while they were supposed to be working, they would be posting, and, and you know that attracted a really specific demographic of people. And, and if your if your boss doesn't give a crap if you're doing that all day, which like I said again, that is more common now than it was in say. 2004 2006 
Yeah, but well, there the, you go. The main thing is you have to you have to remember that the these people they don't think like you. So like if you're there are plenty of like uh, boomer conservatives that uh, like during that nine to five or whatever, or maybe they 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 there's people working on uh, working tough jobs that they they get out their phone during their lunch break, and generally what they want to mm-hmm. do is they want to say what they want to say. They want to say uh, um, Michelle Obama's a man. And they want to say something. <laughs> they want, and like that, that's sort of the, the, nat- but these people, they're not, they don't think like that. So what they think like is that they're a, a PR representative for uh, Dow Chemical. And so they're looking for things that could hurt the image of Dow Chemical. Why? Because Dow Chemical pays their bills. In this case, it's not Dow Chemical, it's the Democrat Party. And so they have a different sort of, way that they they approach this stuff they're not like you they're not like any of us there is a different kind of people uh let's see uh now i want to also address Valarne saltram says do you think elon's focusing on u.s interests and twitter simply because he's american or is it merely profit focused or choose your battles was well, it says the the main thing about that is that so remember there's a lot of countries in the world and the same story that happened with the twitter files and stuff is is true for essentially all these countries like uh i don't know he was posting how much like twitter is more important in japan than it is in america uh in japan it's like the only uh social media people use to talk and i guarantee you that like the japanese government is has the same interest and involvement and all this kind of stuff uh and but you know multiply that times japan and turkey and china and russia and 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 Indonesia and Peru and all of them. And so, yeah, that's, it's kind of a lot to play this game everywhere when like he is in fact in the United States working yeah. in the United States. Well, there's another angle too. I mean, what government causes the most misery like globally, that's, that's the American one, right? So like, if you're gonna like pick a battle to fight, it would be the United States, you know, both in terms of like has a large population and then exports it's, you know, all the bad, all the worst parts of the United States are what the U.S. government exports. So, like that to, to other countries. So that would be a reason too. And you compare that to something like, no offense to our company here, but Canada. You know, the, the entire population of Canada is like basically, a, in global terms, is like a large city. You know what I mean? So, like that's, I think that's like kind of part of the calculus there too. Yeah, absolutely. Because see, the thing is, like, to like if you want to do this fight in these countries, like, um. You can't just say like, well, I'm in America. Well, fuck you, Turkey. This is how it's going to be. And this is how we're going to run Twitter there. And that's the way it is. You can't do that because uh, they can shut you down in their country. Um, like uh, U- Europe, clearly, like you can see the, the the struggles that Apple has had there. You can't just walk into Europe and just say, we're, we're the Americans and this is how it's going to be, at least from a business perspective. So you, you have to, you have to play ball with these people to some extent, unless you want to fight it. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't have the bandwidth to fight it everywhere, but uh, he definitely needs to um, unban Gord. So, um, <laughs> yeah, if you his... know him, tell tell that damn South African to let Gord back in. Yeah, Randathir says I work in trust and safety for a big tech company. As a contractor, is literally a job. Butt libs who want to break into tech can get paid to do. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Do you guys want to? Uh, it's not even a story. It was just a funny thing that I saw, and I, I, I put a pin in this because I knew we were getting gored in here. Justin Trudeau blames, quote, American right wing, end quote, for Muslims opposing LGBTQ curriculum. Quote, leave our kids alone. 
Uh, you know, it's funny. We 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 had this kind of uh, joke. Uh, it was your joke, honestly, probably. If like, they love to blame people in Alabama for like everything that happens. Like, you know, uh, oh, San Francisco's got a crime problem. It must be the fault of like Republicans in Alabama. This is the first time I think I've ever seen somebody in a different country do that. Like the miasma, like I guess the miasma is rolling up in the your country, kind of like the smoke. All your damn smoke is coming down here and ruining our air. Oh yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 like kind of like a national sport in Canada to either look to America to blame for something, and then build your identity around saying, "Oh, we're not that. We're not like those crazy Yankees," or to you know seek validation somehow, like when you know anytime. You know, the Daily Show back in the John Stewart days, whenever Stewart even mentioned Canada, it was like front page news in the media back home because like, oh, wow, <laughs> you know, like we got mentioned by like the biggest comedy show in the U.S., you know, we, yes, you know, it's just it's just a consequence of like the sort of stupid insular navel gazing that uh, sort of institutional Canada, like a, I'm going to borrow a term from you know, Lord Yarvin here, it's the cathedral Nord, you know, it's the sort of Laurentian <laughs> establishment, the Canadian universities, the CBC, the media, you know, they like to pretend like they're all these cosmopolitans and, you know, world weary, but like they're constantly looking South, you know, either in horror or like I say, for validation. And it just proves how like stupid they all are and small brained. So like, yeah, of course, you know, Trudeau's got multiple client groups, like every sort of lib country now, you know, the Democrats, you know, Ireland, like whatever, you know, the, the client groups are the rainbow flag people, immigrants, whoever. And so now two of his client groups are coming into conflict. Well, well, mm -hmm. surely it can't be those nice, awesome immigrants we keep inviting into the country. Surely it's not their fault coming into, you know, com complaining about, you know, uh, tea people and drag people in schools and like age inappropriate material coming into public schools, you know, that they, they the, the Trudeau and these people seem to have forgotten just how conservative a lot of other societies are. You know? Yeah. Well, we had, we had a really similar thing happen here. It was a, a, a year or two years ago, whenever, when there was a uh, you know, stop uh, AAP, a, a whatever the the Asian American and Pacific Islander uh, AAPI violence, and like what was happening was there were Asian people in like New York City and uh, in in I think so like some of the coastal cities uh, out west, they're just getting beaten up and robbed and and raped and murdered. And uh, like the the first reaction was the libs were like yeah well, this is the problem this is the uh, this is what happens when you have a white supremacist country which is funny because like they weren't being killed by white people when they were being targeted for their race it was not by it was not by people from the mountains the, the same guys who got Je who who got Jesse Smollett <laughs> yeah exactly but that, I mean yeah, yeah that's just how they do the the funny thing was you have you would have these moments where they just had to be brutally honest and there would be somebody who's like their job was I'm the official Asian politics coordinator for the Democratic Party in X state and they're just saying please stop you have to stop complaining about being being mugged and things you you have to focus on our real enemy which is white people like they would just straight up come out and say it. like that's kind of, that's what he's doing here like hey please don't guys don't forget when you're fighting with yourselves, like the real enemy are, are, are actually regular Canadians. Yeah. 
He basically, Trudeau had another, I can't remember if it was in a scrum or in parliament or was a tweet or something. He basically said that, you know, parents wanting to have a say in their public school curriculum was like far right. Like that's a far right position to question what your children are being taught in school now. Like the, the guy just has like, you know, far right Tourette syndrome because he's got like nothing. He's got no policy ideas. He's down in the polls. You know, he was starting to get some pushback on C-18. Uh, you know, Meta and Google were doing it. Nobody in Canada was. But, like, the dude's just flailing around everywhere. You know, Canada's uh, the number one per by percent of population donor to the situation in the Ukraine. We sent all these leopard tanks over there. They were, like, basically destroyed immediately. You know, we can't afford anything. Our hospitals are falling apart. And he's talking about bringing, like, another million immigrants in per year. And not, not enough jobs to go around for everybody, not enough housing. So he just has to like, all right, let's let, let's find somebody to blame. So we, we, we need that scapegoat and we need that out group. And so he's just playing the same tune like during COVID and Freedom Convoy. Like anybody that disagrees with him is some kind of far right American inspired conspiracy theorist. It's fucking old. Right on. Uh if you guys don't mind, I got some. I well, want to get the stories. Well, we got a lot of stories. I know. I, I want to ask Fredo. Do you do you have anything? Well, does anybody hear anything to say about the affirmative action ruling? Yeah, I got some trucker stuff. You want to start out with? Uh, okay. I mean, is that okay? Yeah, hit it. I mean, by the way, does Fredo? Do you want to talk about the the affirmative action? <laughs> no, nah, we're all right. We're sorry. Good. I'm 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 really. I, I, we got some. We we got a guest. I want him to talk about this stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, this will be like... Um, I can dress you up, but I can't take you nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, This will be like two or three headlines in a row, and then we'll see uh, see what you got. So uh, are you aware of this 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 trucking company, Yellow, Gord? Yeah, they're uh, one of the bigger LTL freight carriers and one of the sort of last unionized, you know, by the Teamsters trucking companies in America. They're uh, having some issues. Yeah, absolutely. And so they did... They did what five billion dollars in business. Um, they're a huge part of the supply chain, third largest operator in the U.S., less than truckload business, uh, based out of Nashville, Tennessee. So, uh, as of like I don't know, two or three days ago, we had a, sort of the first art like uh, article that they missed their pension payment. That Yellow was unable to make uh, uh, unable to make their their pension payment. Now, this is despite the fact that. Um, uh, container shipping stocks outperform uh, a lot. A lot of the, a lot of these truck companies are doing very well in stocks. So they miss their pension payment. It looks like central states pension fund vote. They said that this, to suspend healthcare benefits because they ain't got any money in the bank. And the teamster said that if, when this, that's going to happen on the 23rd. And if you do that on the 24th, we're going on strike. Yeah, they they're preparing to, to possibly go on strike. So. Okay, I have I have I have it straight from the Teamsters. It says Teamsters issues strike notice after Yellow Court fails to make fifty million dollars in benefits contributions. The Central States Board of Trustees voted Monday to suspend health care benefits. Uh, blah, blah blah. Yellow's gross management uplands workers' livelihood strike may begin July twenty fourth. The payment was missed on July fifteenth. Yeah, the payment was missed, but the benefits haven't been suspended, and they will be suspended on the 23rd, so five days from now. And then six days from now, they say they're going to go on strike, but, you know. It'll be interesting to see what comes of this. You know, um, Yellow and the Teamsters have been sort of fighting in public back and forth with each other for a little while now. 
Yellow is one of these sort of monster companies that, you know, it, it started off as, uh, oh man, I can't remember what company, but they, they're, they're a, a group of a number of companies that have been bought and consolidated over the years. And Yellow's sort of more recent history, they've, they've had, they've required bailouts and loans and, you know, the, the Teamsters accuse them of being mismanaged and the, you know, at the moment, like they operate in the LTL world, which is sort of like the last holdout of the Teamsters, right? Like Yellow Freight's the last place you're going to go and get a sort of Teamster job where you get guaranteed anything, pension, you know, a high hourly rate, lot, all the benefits and whatnot. You know, that's it harkens back to an older time when that was the standard before deregulation. But like, it's just showing that like, you know, th th their their model such as it is, is no longer functional. I, I don't know why. Like, I want to be honest. I, I, I'm not uh, up and up on like how yellow operates. I don't know much about the LTL world, but it's just interesting that like, you know, th this last holdout of the Teamsters is under all this pressure right now. Okay. If you don't mind, I want to go to the next one. Cause I think this one, uh, we'll, we'll, let's check this out. 1040 today, July 18th from uh, transportation uh, TT topics, nuclear lawsuits against quote unquote nuclear lawsuits against truckers continue to rise. A new study by the U S chamber of commerce Institute for legal reform found that trucking in America is quote under siege by litigation verdicts and trucking accidents, accidents, Cases accelerated in size starting in the 2000s, but have skyrocketed over the last 10 years, despite a decreased rate of serious trucking crashes over that time frame. Moreover, with the inflation of verdicts and settlements, the search for deep pockets is expanding and the circle of potential defendants is widening. A review of 154 trucking litigation verdicts and settlements from June 20 to April 2023 revealed a statistical mean plaintiff's award of $27.5 million and a statistical mean award of $759,000 for settlements. The rise occurred despite a declining rain, uh, rain rate of fatal crashes. Man, there's a whole cottage industry out there of, uh, you know, as you might call them, ambulance chasers. And the nuclear verdict thing over, over the last few years has kind of gotten out of hand. Um, quite often, the, the companies involved are self-insured. And man, I, I could go on a tangent about how large companies operate and why it is that like they tend to get into all these accidents which the ambulance chasers then go after um you know remember what you were saying about uncle kevin and like truck drivers were rock stars and looked up to and like it you know it had a sort of cachet yeah well, well that that's long gone right and because you can't ship our jobs overseas like everyone's manufacturing has been shipped overseas um the powers that be have to do things to chip away at the jobs that are sort of stuck here and adjust those wages downwards. And what the trucking business, what they've done since deregulation is they've basically opened up way more competition. They've also, you know, the Teamsters are mostly gone. And as a result of that, a lot of like older hands, guys like Kevin have just got out of the business and the older, more experienced drivers are the guys who get in accidents a whole lot less. But these larger carriers that typically self-insure also have very high turnover rates, like 90 to 100% of their drivers are gone year over year. 
And so they always have all these new people. Well, new people are overly represented in crash statistics. And they just keep throwing more new bodies at the business because they don't want to pay guys anymore. We don't have the sort of, you know, rock star respect like we did at one time. And, you know, the, this retention problem, which is also in part subsidized by the taxpayer, a lot of these large trucking companies have their own truck driving schools or contract to them. And then those guys get money from the state to train people. And then you have this thing with like, uh, during COVID, when all of a sudden, like everyone's the freight market went crazy because everybody was ordering everything off Amazon and other places on the internet, tons of people got in the business. So that's contracted. I, I read an article here a few weeks back that, like, right now we are 28% over capacity in the United States trucking market. So there's like versus before COVID. So there's just all these extra trucks around now. The spot market's in the toilet. There's not really any money being made by anyone. You know, Yellow's having all these troubles. And these larger companies are, are still throwing all these new people out on the road because, you know, God forbid you actually make the job better and pay, you know, the good older experienced guys more to stick around. And like I say, the, the companies that typically self-insure don't do that. So they tend to have a few more accidents on average than other companies. And then this happens. Uh, I know, Fredo, it, it says that Texas and a couple states have paid attention to a problem and made some significant regulatory reforms. What, what can people, what can states do uh, to stop these, um, these sort of illegal, uh, the, the article calls them reptiles. It says they use quote unquote <laughs> reptile courtroom tech. Can, what can, is there a way to stop um, th this kind of uh, uh, abusive lawyers? It's pro I mean, you can do just, I, I assume they're just referring to like what we, what you remember in the nineties tort, tort reform? reform. Yeah. Yeah. It's that kind of stuff. It's what I would imagine. I have not researched this specifically like as it relates to truckers, but usually when you see an issue like this come up where there's uh, a cottage industry popping up around frivolous lawsuits there tends to be some sort of like targeted tort reform type statutes. Yeah. There's a lot of rough stuff. I mean, there's one other thing. I, I wonder if, if, uh, Gord, if you've ever been heard of this kind of thing, but, um, or the kind of thing to look out for. So three more, so this is a uh, June 14th, three more. This was just, this kind of thing was mentioned in the article as kind of a, a, a different hustle, three more sentence in staged new Orleans crashes. Convictions now number more than 50 in Operation Sideswipe. Three more individuals have been sentenced over the past two months for their role in staged crashes with tractor trailers in the New Orleans area. The sentences were latest development in the so-called crash for cash criminal schemes against unknowing truckers. Prosecutors said each of the schemes was orchestrated by a slammer paid by a local attorney. Okay, now I get the connection paid by a local attorney who filed fraudulent lawsuits against the trucking companies on behalf of the participants in the three stage accidents that all occurred in 2017. So attorneys were paying people to go right into uh, tractor trailers and and then sue them. This is the government believes that as many as 150 stage accidents have occurred in the New Orleans area alone. And that, do, that, that doesn't surprise me that it's New Orleans because the state of Louisiana, anyone that's driven along Interstate 10 will see all these huge billboards, many of them, you know, advertising these ambulance chasing attorneys. 
I don't know if there's like some peculiarity to Louisiana law. They're but, very uh, much it. It's the only non-British uh, common law jurisdiction in the United States. It's everything there is under French civil law. So it's actually like the legal system in Louisiana is closer to the legal system in France than it is in Florida. Uh, and I mean that like literally. So actually it's the one place in the U S where like, I have no frame of reference to be able to like explain what's going on over there. Wow. Yeah. Well, like I say, it's sort of famous amongst truckers for, you know, all these billboards and, you know, all all these cases of like really dodgy lawyering going on down there. Yeah. Right on. All right, Merrick, you want to do the next one? Uh, yeah. So yeah. The dream is dead. Trump says he's received a target letter from special counsel Jack Smith. He's the special and he's the special counsel investigator for the investigation in the January 6th. The president, uh, Donald Trump, says that he received a letter that pretty much tells him he's going to be indicted for some, arrest, indicted and arrested for something involving January 6th. I, I, I I don't know if nobody knows what they would charge him with. I assume if the indictment's sealed, we won't know until it happens, right, Fredo? Yep, that's correct. I, I, now, I realize they're saying, like, you, why would you do this? We know why they're doing this. What crime could they conceivably charge him for? Like, what uh, crime? Inc- their, uh, incitement to riot is a crime. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it could be, it could be something that simple – uh, I don't know. They might be able. I mean, they could do like some kind of treason charge. I, you know, I, it, it's it's all rampant speculation at this point. Don't you remember that Bimbo said that um he body slammed somebody in the limousine or something? <laughs> he tried to try to grab the steering wheel and steer it back. <laughs> that, that's the AI Trump. You know, the Trump in AI is always jacked. <laughs> yeah, well, there. I mean, there could be a hint because there's another news story today. The state of Michigan filed criminal charges against a group of Republicans who put themselves forward as, as alternative 2020 electors backing then-President Donald Trump. The uh, Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel, now that, of course, these are state charges, not federal, so it's not the same thing, charged 16 people, including the RNC member Kathy Burden and state Republican Party co-chair Michonne Maddock. Hmm, interesting name. They were charged with forgery, conspiracy, and election law violations in the space as many as 14 years in prison and convicted of the, uh, the, the most serious charge. So, like, I guess you could charge him with a criminal conspiracy. You could charge him with treason, or you could just charge him with incitement to riot, which by itself can get you, especially if, if you're, like, look, they're going to put him in front of a jury in some, some lib area again and, you know, say, hey, look, people died at this at this protest, and he encouraged it. You could see how he could get serious time. And Fredo's position has always kind of been that if they get him, he's going to die in jail, right? Yeah, well, I mean, 100%. Because, like, it, what, however this started, whatever the rationale was, it, it's now taken on a life of its own. Because, like, it, it, I... It, there, it's conceivable that this began as like, oh, we'll just make sure, you know, this is to make sure he wins the primary because he's a weak candidate. But like, if that's what began it, I mean, that that consideration's been a non-issue for a while now, right? Uh, and regardless of what got it started, it just kind of seems like 
one guy got away with an indictment. So that just sort of inspired others to follow along and, and get in on the party. And it's kind of just taken on a life of its own. Like, I don't think there is any kind of like central planning or anything like that at all at this point. It's just sort of rolling. Two things. One, looking at the list of the 16 people in Michigan who got charged, uh, two of them were in their 80s. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Five of them are in their 70s. And the rest are in their 60s. There's one guy who's 55. He's the youngest of the group. So what they're doing here is straight up, they're throwing boomers in, into jail for f- su- suggesting that they use political means to keep Donald Trump in the White House after 2020. Uh, there's no... This is not... This is not... Would not have been regarded as a crime uh, at any point in American history before 2023 or whenever they started this investigation. This is something completely new. That doesn't really matter. I say, you see, I saw so much of this tired-ass take, well, the Democrats did this in 20... It doesn't matter. It, it really, it, none of that matters. It doesn't matter if roles are reversed. None of that's important anymore. Uh, it, what, what, is, it, it, what does matter, and I brought this up on Twitter, but I'll repeat it here for the podcast. You know, one of the things that going into the election season that we've heard many times from people was that, like, this this election's not winnable by a candidate that would do anything good. So what what people should do is just support the the chaos candidate and the the fun one, the guy who's going to make the libs the most angry and he'll be the best memes or whatever. The thing is, okay... They put they threw Ricky Vaughn in the federal prison for for literally for making memes. They're throwing boomers who are like they're they're these people aren't just random, like random Facebook moms like the January sixth lady who's who's rotting in jail. These are people who were political actors. Some of them important in Michigan politics or fairly important. They're gonna they're gonna try to throw them in jail. I see this every every day. The same people who make the argument that we should support the fun meme candidate say, like, look at this. The Democrats, they play for keeps. Well, if they play for keeps and you're not, you shouldn't play at all. And I don't mean that as, like, you know, saying you need to quit politics, but that's those are two crazy beliefs to have at the same time. If you think your enemies are ruthless and they take no prisoners, then either you have to you have to do that yourself when you're trying to do politics or you should just hide from the eye of Soren, right? Am I, am I, am I wrong here? Okay. So <clears throat> I support Trump, but that has always been the dumbest argument for Trump. And I mean, I, I, I think that kind of stuff, and I don't know how to word it in a way people say that's not, um, it's not straw manning or whatever. So we'll just talk about something that's kind of parallel to it. Uh, did you guys see uh, Rufo on Oron? Yeah, it was a great interview, and 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 Oron didn't just Oron put uh, kind of pushed back on all the not like Rufo's as as effing up, but uh, on like a lot of a lot of things that a lot of people think Rufo is soft up is very 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 good. And um, but they sort of got into this whole thing about um. The idea is like whether or not, uh, like politics right now is important, or like, or I mean, part of it is like if it's worth it, right? So the idea is like, okay, so maybe you can. Um, there's this idea that like, well, it's it's really not, and so what you want to do is sort of do moves that will, uh, that are kind of like, um, 
they don't they don't need to have any sort of uh explanate like they don't need to uh do anything like right now materially or anything like that you can you're just sort of like uh uh messing with the overton window and you're sort of um uh uh exposing thing like uh, any, anyways instead of signing laws you're you're just sort of causing havoc and making uh it's hard to explain what the steel man of this but you know what i'm talking about yeah and part of that is that like well there's a lot of people who are sort of the uh and i'm not sure why but i'm sure there's a heritage that but there's a lot of people that are sort of coming over from the left who really have this idea like especially with with trump i'm guessing part of that is sort of like wanting to get back at their old friends on the left or whatever like they're like well, I mean, is he going to win? Who cares? He he calls like the the politicians that I used to volunteer for and who screwed me over. Uh, you know, he calls mm-hmm. them bad names and makes them look stupid. That makes me feel good. That's and that's a more like relevant goal than than I don't think that they're going to be able to do something about the deep state. I think that's a good sort of. I think that's a decent theory of mind of what they're trying to say, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you take it at face value, which I don't. I don't. I don't genuinely think that that's like. I think that's an excuse. It's cope. I don't know what the real reason. And I don't mean like specifically in his case, but just in general, when someone says that, oh, I'm just in it for the for for, for the laughs. That's not true because if you were just in it for the laughs, you would. Politics isn't that entertaining. Yeah, you know? and it's certainly not entertaining right now when you when you know you can post a meme on Twitter and go to jail. <laughs> And uh, a guy who I really don't like, I think made a great point about this. Um, Hanania, Mm -hmm. who I've said slurs to, uh, (laughs) said that basically the deal with that, with that sort of idea is that, you know, you have like, and I'm not, and I I don't think I'm talking about bronze age per right now. So, but I am going to say, he says like, there's this sort of Nietzschean, like elitism. And I think that would be more like um, Yarvin and stuff like that. Right. So there's a sort of Nietzschean elitism, like, like the elites are what matter. Um, you know, MAGA people are chuds, blah, blah, blah. But then when election season comes around there, they really get off on telling you how much the, the chuds love him and the, Oh, well, there's a wisdom to the crowds. The people love him. But like a second before the election started, like, um, you thought the people were gross. What's up with that? You know what I'm saying? Like that that is a weird sort of dynamic that um you know, who knows? It is it, it's politics. So there's not really any reason to get caught up in pretzels or people do all kinds of stupid bullshit in politics. Uh but yeah, that is sort of a weird dynamic going on. Yeah. I I got if, if no one else has anything on that, I I've got another story. Let's keep let's keep rolling. <laughs> Senator Tommy Tuberville is, quote-unquote, holding military promotions hostage over the abortion policy in the, in the, in the armed forces. Yeah, this has been going on for a couple weeks now. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it, it, it's funny because I didn't really, I'll be honest, I didn't pay attention to this story until they started, uh, Fredo? Yeah, I was going to say also because like when Tuberville won that primary, I remember us talking about it on the show and I said this and I think he, everybody agreed that he was just going to, that he was like the, the rhino guy, right? Like, he was <laughs> yeah. just, you know what I mean? Like that he was the, 
the establishment guy. I forget the other guy that he ran against, but that was at least perceived as being like a lot more right wing than he was. But it was considered like a disappointment. It was like an establishment guy that only won because he was a football coach and because, you know, Trump endorsed him, which was that was kind of Trump's thing during that era. He would endorse uh, like establishment guys to fight off their right wing challengers. But that I mean, I don't know, at least so far, that hasn't been the case with this guy, I guess. Yeah, well, he- it was Jeff Sessions who he knocked out. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Even okay. Interesting. So there was even more to that one than I remembered. The background of this is in this: if you're in the Senate, you can block the senior military promotions. Like that, the Senate can, senators can do a lot of different things with just, way, just one senator. You know, you know where you know uh, Jeff Sessions was named for after uh, Jefferson Davis. Based. <laughs> well, one senator has a lot of power. This is one of the. I guess you can, depending on how you look at it, one of the good or bad things about the uh, a U.S. system. And he's not single-handedly, but he pretty much could be single-handedly stopping the senior military brass from getting their promotions, which is, like, that's what they live for. A, a, a it, it, it's a lot of money and, pen, and pension money in the future. And B, if you want to be a CNN analyst, it's important for you to get that star. You got you got you can't just be like former lieutenant colonel or whatever. You got to be former general, former former admiral. Well, I mean, especially when you get to the when you get to the high brass like um like how many stars of generals you have is determines how many people you can be in charge of. Like if you're I forget what they call the, the little zones of um there's like centcom is one zone and uh all those different zones are of like you got to be four stars to be in charge of one of those. So yeah. it's the most important thing in the world to these people. Yeah, these creatures like Miley uh, or Millie, whatever. Uh, yeah, I think it's Miley. So Tuberville, the reason Tuberville is holding his hostage is funny. It's not like it's over the war in the Ukraine or anything like that. It's straight up because of the policy, the Pentagon's policy of paying for travel expenses to let uh, military personnel get out-of-state abortions after Roe versus Wade was overturned. So if you're stationed in Texas and you can't get abortion, you know, Uncle Joe Biden's going to give you the private first class whatever money to go fly to whatever state and get an abortion and tuberville says he's not gonna he's not gonna allow any of the swamp creatures to receive a promotion until they get rid of that policy (laughs) but like that would by itself would be would be good but they took a new they took a strategy it did it ultimately didn't work because now they're just back to uh calling them unpatriotic but for a minute they had a new strategy. Let me just read you this. Let me just read you this headline. Two reveals white nationalism comments trigger GOP uproar. So he refused to denounce white nationalists in a CNN interview, forcing Republican senators to respond to the controversial comments and giving them blah blah blah. Uh, they had McConnell go on TV and basically, not basically, threw him under the bus and implied that he was a white nationalist because he refused to. I, I don't know. Say whatever BuzzFeed bullshit. So they tried to call him, but they tried to say, "Hey, he's your KKK guy." And usually that works against Republicans. They'll just fold like a, like a, like a, like a lawn chair if you do that. But in this case, it didn't work. Now Tammy Duckworth is on TV calling him unpatriotic, which is it's always funny when the Democrats do that. Well, I mean, so I think that, and this leads into I think other stories we're going to talk about. So. Mm-hmm. uh one of the like possibly the biggest thing that the Democrats are doing that Joe Biden's doing successfully. I mean, he's kicking ass at doing this, but uh, 
well, we talk about patronage all the time. And so like, and when you, one of the huge parts of patronage is like, we always talk about the thing of purges. Like why, why, why is purges important? Purges are very, very important to controlling an institution. If you, if you want to control an institution, you, that you don't control previously. And by the way, I mean, I, I had an email from a, uh, so when the, the Marines, like less than a month ago, and they said, why, he said, why did I want to join the military? He said, well, I wanted to join a government institution that wasn't controlled by the Democrat. And this is something Curse Jarvin's written about. He, he called it, um, he said, like, if you ask a, a Democrat or Republican, they'll say they hate the government, but then they'll say, well, I love this part of the government, but I hate the rest of the government. And, everybody, and the Republicans would say, well, I like the military. That was the, the, the part of the, that was the part of the, that was the red government. And so that's a big job. It's a really, really big job for a Democrat to purge it. And once you purge it, then you can start taking, then you can start handing out patronage and then you can really, really control it. That's what they've, they've, this was the sort of the la- the final frontier for the Democrat uh, uh, politics and for the government. They didn't control this institution. And remember, this is like, remember, so men are right wing. And then sort of the, the kind of men that join the military, more right wing, more white, more like, uh, you know, getting high and tight haircut, do, uh, you know, doing PT at 5 a.m. in silkies. These are not this is not like a Democrat type institution. How are you going to do that? Well, one of the most important. So you need to start handing out patronage and you need, need to do a purge. And so this these com- these comments about white nationalism, we they uh they weren't just about white nationalism in general. We weren't talking about the Aryan nations or um, the Ku Klux Klan. What they were talking about is uh, this sort of new guidelines, which we were learning about. There's many, many new guidelines in the United States military. Some of them have been secret. Uh, that we're just sort of finding out about. And one of those things was that the United States military said, we're going to purge all the white nationalists in the mm-hmm. United States military. Which I mean, that, that's a that's a tall that's a tall drink of water. So like like if you want to talk about like organized crime in the United States military, I mean there is a huge amount of uh, I don't know about huge because I don't know how many what kind of numbers like there was territorial warfare in the green zone in Iraq between like different factions of LA gangs. They would they were doing graffiti and just sort of doing the st- standard sort of uh, gang warfare they did in, in California. They did were doing in the game zone. It's like it's so like it, it's 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 theoretically possible, but however, it's highly 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 unlikely. Now what you uh, now what you guaranteed ha- are going to have is um, you're going to have military units that this is literally every military unit in the world. I would I would be shocked if there weren't. Uh, militaries in like Africa, Asia, and the Middle East that don't use things like the Death's Head, SS, uh, Confederate flag, and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. As symbols to say we're the badasses. We'll we're the eat. We're the Mongols. I'll, I'll, the, the biker gangs are the best because every biker gang is named after bastards of history. They're 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 literally like you know there's like a biker gang called the Mongols and they're, it's meant to be like yeah we're the bastards so I, I'm no doubt there's things like that going around of uh, of course you can listen to any sort of uh, marching chant so when you say so the 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 question was like 
Well, what do you, how do you feel about these white nationalists in the United States military? What should be done about them? Uh, if someone asks you that, um, that's like saying, well, what do you think about the white nationalists that are living in your basement? You know, you'd say like, uh, maybe this is a conversation we should, like shouldn't have. Like, what are you talking about? You, you don't. We're, they were not open. So, anyways, the host. If you're said, if you're them, the the ideal situation would be that you have cannon fodder for of the groups of people you don't like, and you wouldn't be asking them too much how they feel about about this or that. You just you want them to just do the job that you're assigned to. That's pretty much what happened. During the the uh, during the I guess ongoing war on terror wars, it's like there was a bunch of people who, frankly, they all hated, but they were happy to let them get blown get their you know get blown apart in in, in Iraq and and ambushes and stuff. They weren't going to try to hunt them down and kick them out because who's going to do it if you do that? Well, I don't think that that's going to be a, a a concern all that much going forward. I don't think they I don't think they're going to care about that. Well, but which to, part? You mean you know they, they care about? Like, what do you mean? Uh, well, we can't kick these guys out. We'll need them to do military operations. I don't think they're going to give a shit about that. You don't uh, think they're going to do military operations anymore? I don't think they'll do military operations. I don't think the sort of pressures that come in, I don't think there's any person that stands above the United States military and says, gosh, I'd really love to get rid of these people and replace them with patronage jobs, but this right. will diminish the ability to, to, to carry out an overall right. mission. Even if they should, because of the way that the sort of, uh, I don't know, patronage looks at things is that there is no sort of person that look, looks at things that way. Uh, I, mean, I, I don't, I don't think that's in, in an inherent, inherent part of pay, uh, of patronage. I think that's in a, just where we're at. It's that there's no, there's nobody who, who's going to step in and say, Hey, well, by we the have way, to have to have some stewardship for this thing, even no matter how you have to restrain yourself. Well, by the way, I mean, so it is, so it, it, it doesn't mean, and so like, and that doesn't mean that that's always the right way to look at things. But when you, when, uh, on like, when you're doing patronage, uh, as analysis, like instead of looking like at the white house or the, or, or you would say like, okay, what, how, like how do these, these inputs affect Joe Biden himself? Mm-hmm. And anyways, um, but yeah, so anyways, so, the, so that I watched this and then she says, well, what do you think about all the white nationalists in the military? He said, well, I don't know. I guess the, the, they're Americans. What's the problem? Because she's trying to say, like, uh, you know, what do you think about all the pedophiles in the United States military? Like, if your answer isn't like, well, we need to behead them, then uh, then you're effing up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I don't know how much he did walk it back, but, uh, but he did walk back some of this. Well, I mean, uh, the, the easy response would be to say, there's not. If you're if you're him, you should say, "What are you talking about? There aren't a bunch of white supremacists. There aren't a bunch of white uh, of ped- pedophiles in the U.S. military." You should just say that, and then you've avoided the question entirely. Like, you, well, I don't know if that that is the exact same thing as avoiding it because they, then that like you're st- uh, well, it's like saying, "Well, you don't need an investigation. They're fine." Leave yeah, them alone. that's exactly what you should say if you're him and you don't want to go down this path. But you're, you're making this up. It's not true. That's what they do all the time. Right. Well, yeah. uh, do you want to patch in more military talk and yeah, we'll see this new uh, story we got today? That's exactly where I was going to go with this. Because you're talking about Patriots, and this story is like this is the, the perfect example of it. That <laughs> Someone leaked a DOD memos about. Well, hang the, on. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> 
confidential Biden DOD re memo reveals transsexual service members can skip deployments and receive indefinite physical fitness standard waivers. Now, this was a so you know I'm the big brain genius of the right wing, right? And so <laughs> I heard all this stuff. Like so, we were having other conversations about the continued the, this this takeover of the, of the United States military. So I didn't know about any of this. Uh, I didn't certainly didn't know this story, and so I was sort of weighing in on how patronage works, in the United States military, and I said that okay, well, so well, here's something. So um, you can't like uh, you can sometimes like beat patronage not with patronage. Sometimes you can beat not you can beat patronage like paperwork and stuff. You can sort of reduce other people's patronage, mm -hmm. and so and so I said like okay, so here's what they want to do with the United States military, but here's an easy solution. Here's what you need to do. You need to uh, hammer universal physical fitness and, and physical fitness standards for the United States military. Now, this is like this is like universally how they've always like, um, yeah. like for, for because of uh, because of a, like whenever you get like a weird trick, you want to sort of abuse it. And the weird thing is that Democrats can't really control any sort of military institution if there is the the high standards that military members are are typically held to like i don't know if you like i got in a lot of trouble because uh and i don't think i was absolutely right but we saw these guys marching that were supposed to be this like um some kind of uh ultra right wing group marching in dc mm -hmm. and i made a joke i said uh well there's none of the none of, i said well you shouldn't do this having every single guy the ability to pass the FBI uh, physical fitness standards. <laughs> and people say, oh, you're saying because they're not fat, uh, then then they can't be right wing. That's, that's see that you got to think in larger numbers. See, the thing is that they're uh, Americans. It's a cross section of Americans. If you tell me that not one of those guys is fat, that is suspicious. Well, but Americans are fat as hell. Like if you have one fat person there, you people are going to ask questions. I don't see how that was remotely controversial. That well, was bullshit. Well, I mean, so you could say like, uh, you know, a fraternity. Most people aren't going to be so. But like, but remember, nah. if you ever see pictures of like the SA, that's a right wing group. There's plenty of fat people. Now, if you go to the FBI or you go to the Navy SEALs, there's no fat people. Why? Because they pay yeah. them. They pay them. There's a standard. And so, like, when you, if you, the difference is, like, it's completely different to have a political club with no fat people versus um, we, we give you automatic weapons. We will pay for your burial. We'll pay for where you live. We'll pay for where, for for your wife's uh will pay for your kids you might want to move the burial to the end of that list if you're making this if you're making the sales pitch by the way yeah but <laughs> uh we'll pay for your health care but you can't be fat so th this is why the 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 fbi can say hey no fatties please but generally if you start uh if you start a ultra nationalist club it's you're gonna you will you would <laughs> to have no fat people you need to start with huge numbers to say well actually no we won't take the fat guys we'll only have skinny guys i mean it's possible but that would mean yeah. that they started from a huge number and and either told them hey you don't come out to the <laughs> protest you're you're chunky or not it is I don't, I don't know the point here is you can get around the these attempts to to 
put people you don't want in the military by saying everybody has to. We're gonna we're gonna have you're gonna go by the 1988 standards of military fitness, and that's gonna weed out a bunch of these people by default. Right, and, and the standards are always high because basically in the military you need to uh, put a you need every military in the world you you have to take a large like. A huge amount of weight, put it on your back, and march for many miles. And that's a lot. Of, that's very tough. It requires a lot of upper body strength and all this kind of stuff. Now, uh, in climbing up ropes and things like that. Uh, so I, so I said, well, here's the, here's the, here's the plan. If the the Republicans cannot worry about this if they just uh, implement high universal standards uh, and they do it in the name of safety, which is perfectly reasonable. This has been done in uh, fire departments, which you say, well, we love women. But they can't carry the guy down the stairs, so sorry. And That's not even an excuse in, in either of these cases. It's just good sense. You, it, it's it's true. You need you need people who who have like are high standards of fitness to do either of those jobs. Right. So that was my genius plan. Now we <laughs> like a couple hours later we found out there was order come down from Joe Biden. Bob V's 10,000 point plan to defeat the civil rights movement. And then Joe Biden with the, with the Dr. Manhattan. Yes. Joe Biden is Dr. Manhattan. And he just sent a letter that said, Hey, um, and transsexuals don't have to pass the physical finish requirements. Ever. No, no physical. And this was kind of a, 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 I don't know if it was directly a question, but there was a lot of them specifically that were, uh, big. And, well, uh, so here's why. He said they never have to deploy and they never have to pass physical fitness tests. Now, that's just them. Now, I don't think that there's that they can be more than a couple percent. I wonder if there's anything for women. No. Which, which by the way. Well, that's, that's already happened in the past. They've, they've changed the fitness standards many times. Like, for example, the last time I checked, and I, I'm, like, I would assume this is still happening, they, they – Changed the way the like the grenade training for uh, the duration of like modern U.S. military, you had to be able to throw a grenade a certain distance. That was part of the physical fitness requirements of being in the military. You had to be able to throw a grenade far enough away it won't kill you. They got rid of that because it, it wasn't that certain people, certain demographic groups couldn't couldn't pass that test. They also got rid of stuff stuff like map reading and and other you know other. Other, other unimportant things. Yeah. By the way, you know, um, you know the thing about throwing far. There's always the um, the throws like a girl thing. Yeah. It's funny that like, um, and so what makes you throw like a girl? Uh, I don't know. What makes you throw like a girl is if you don't use your lower body when you throw. If you just sort of w try to do, if you try to throw or you try to punch with just your arm, there's no strength behind. So if you if you want to throw a punch or you want to throw hard, you use your it's one of the only things that using your hips makes you the basketball thing. <laughs> let, let me so here here are the here are the 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 what's what's in the document. Taxpayer funded care for for speech and voice therapy, cross sex hormones, laser hair removal, voice feminization <laughs> surgery, facial contouring, body contouring, uh you know uh, breast, breast, rem breast removal, genital uh, mutilation surgery, psychological counseling. Service members who identify as transsexual may receive a waiver for grooming and uniform standards. So you know, uh, service members who identify <laughs> grooming and uniform standards. So you can have your purple hair and be. <laughs> what What was your MOS? I was, I was a 13G, a uh, uh, nutsack, a uh, uh, waxer. 
Service members who identify as transsexual may receive an indefinite waiver for fit, physical fitness standards. Now, I think the the supposed reasoning behind this was if you were on hormones, you get the waiver or whatever. But you can just keep doing that forever. You can uh, you can renew renew the exemption every six months, so you can just never have to do the physical fitness standards. Service members who are identified as transsexual will be considered non-deployable for up to 300 days while taking hormones for their transition period. And you can... Well, you don't can, they have to take hormones forever? Yeah. So what <laughs> you could do with this, with, with what you're seeing here, is you could just say transsexuals can be members of the military but never be put in any danger, never do any, live up to any standards, and just, I guess, exist in the military for, for the for however how many how many years until retirement? <laughs> it's like twenty something. What? Well, uh, you remember the uh, one of the great headlines of the old Onion was uh, "Gays too precious to risk in combat," says General. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, so I the, I don't know. This is a. Uh, there was a comment by Martyr Maid, who I think was like literally in the Navy SEALs. Uh, if not, he was some kind. I mean, he hangs out with Jocko. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, uh, that's because he responded to the same thing. He says, that's because the regime pretend, and tends to use them the same way the Soviets use party commissars placed in each military unit. Yeah. Now that's been going on. We covered a story maybe a year and a half ago where there was these women in the, in the, um, I can't remember if they were in the Marines or just the army. And basically all they did all day was go through the, the social media posts and, uh, uh, and TikTok of the, cause remember all these guys who were doing the, who are offering their self to die for you are, they're mostly like 18 to 22 years old. They found a guy that was a tank commander. He was like 19 years old and he posted a funny TikTok that, of uh like he put on a wig and put a basketball in his belly when it was time to deploy and say he's <laughs> pregnant uh and they they kicked him out of the military uh for that but but that was that was just directly a commissar that was just someone who's they were embedded with the unit looking for for uh uh for political for people that are against the rev for counter-revolutionaries in the unit that's us that's us today that's 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 the world that we live in and that's our military. And this is going to be, I, I don't know how long it's going to take for, I mean, uh, it, I couldn't accept this for a long time. You know what I'm saying? It, it hurt too bad. Cause I, I, I'm just like many males. I sort of had this innate worship of the, of military, military things. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Go ahead, Fredo. No, I mean, what's tied to this is the whole that you you said something earlier, Merrick, that I thought I I kind of missed my chance to chime in there because I was uh, no good opening came, but it ties into this. And it was like you said something like it's always funny when the Democrats like uh, you know <laughs> accuse someone of not being patriotic. That would be true at one point, but it's actually not anymore because it's a hard pill to swallow. But what it means to be patriotic at least in the sense they're talking about is the rainbow flag not the red white and blue like that is the flag of the united states right maybe not the people but certainly of the government uh and the the entire is words overused but like ruling regime right so like that is the the 
United States. And it certainly is the United States globally. So if you don't like that, you know, as I don't like in a certain, in a certain sense, like, I guess you aren't patriotic, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, you're, that's, that's a great point. Absolutely. Uh, and here's the, uh, here's the, I guess the white pill, if you want to phrase it that way about this is that, you know, the more they do this, the more they, you can take the military and you can turn it into no-show patronage jobs for, for your clients. And it, you'll make, and it's like, it's like it's like everything else they do. You're tearing out the copper pipes and selling it, and you're going to get a bump from that straight out the gate. You're going to, it's going to be really good for you for a short period of time, but you are, <laughs> to, 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 to use the appropriate term, you're neutering your ability to to maintain that control. Like the more the more they do this, the less functional and less useful the United States military will become. And if the, and if you know if you look at it from the perspective that Fredo just laid out, which is correct. That's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing for these people to not be able to f- enforce their will in the future as well as they can right now. I, I'm, I'm, you hire all these useless eaters you want, if, if that's the way you're going to go with it. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a, it's 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 sort of a special situation, but it's sort of not. I mean, so Joseph Stalin was in the same place, um, purging per, uh, purging the Soviet military of um trotskyist and uh, to some extent all the um the sort of royalists that were left like was really 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 dangerous for his for for his survival he did survive it but i mean it was a very 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 close run thing i mean he did the same thing he he, he, he purged his military and he got rid of all the competent people Etc. He was still able to, to 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 hang on. So that situation has been there because I I think what's going on is that people are that uh so the game I, I mean nobody because we because we live in I guess until uh the Russia Russia invaded Ukraine I guess people just forgot about this. So the game of nations is like really the only game that you can't opt out of. I mean, unless you have a big daddy that protects you, you have to have a military and you, and if you don't, people will come and take your shit. This is why, I mean, like every Indonesia has a military, Mongolia has a military, Canada has a military, except I think now Costa Rica doesn't have a military, but everybody has a military, uh, because this is this is the this is this is the only game you, that you have to play. Everybody has to play, no matter what country you are. And I I guess people are well, it's nuclear weapons. Well, who cares? Ah, uh, well, it's not that big of a deal. That there that sort of going on, plus the patron stuff of like, well, who cares? I mean, obviously, uh, Joseph Stalin's best example. I mean, a lot of people think that purging the military was the dumbest thing he ever did, but to the person at seat, it is the patronage is more important. Well, I, and if Malcolm was here, I'm sure you'd agree with me on this. If you're Switzerland, yeah, you can be like, who cares? Nuclear weapons. We don't need a huge military, but if your goal, and I think he explicitly said this in our last episode, if your goal is to dominate the planet and be the, the biggest, the, the only kid, only kid on the block and you be the, the world's only superpower, then yeah, you do need a really strong um, and military that's good at projecting force, and they're not going to be able to do that. And like we can, 
they're all they're already not really able to do that. We we see it every day. Like the the last two two years, and it's funny because like you know I'll hear people in in, in everyday life talk about how Biden this and Biden that, but like Biden. He's just an old puppet, a decrepit puppet. They pop, they prop up in front of a microphone. He didn't make. He's not making these decisions. These things, these decisions were made in aggregate over years and years, and now they're going to reap the <laughs> their, their just desserts for what they've done. Well, here's, I mean, so this has come from our last uh, interview with Tingzord, <clears throat> something that he called attention to. That the U.S. Navy's once formidable shipbuilding capacity has alarmingly dwindled to the point that China's shipbuilding is 200 times more capable than ours per a recent ONI assessment. You read that right. Just as bad the U.S. Navy's repair capacity has equally evaporated due to lack of shipyards and skilled workers plus aspiring costs. Why? Because um, uh, uh, guys with racist guys that work outside in the heat uh, welding are the people that build ships <laughs> and they can't like this, like, should they, uh, is it worth it to pay them? There's nothing that can make it worth, worth paying them. If you're, if you're the Democrats, why would it be much better to give it to a gender professor? Yep. There's no, they, and there's no other way to do it. They're very, they're very smart about this. It's like, you, you know, Gord, you're familiar with this. Uh, from from your life as a trucker, but I'm sure that your foray into online politics has made this really clear to, and especially the protest you guys had in Canada, that how much they just hate you guys and, and anybody who does like actually important and valuable work like you do. Right. Well, I mean, this is the crux of the argument about the article I just wrote, the Coots for, you know, like they're the last of Trudeau's, sort of political enemies that can be punished with impunity. They're chuds Four regular working class guys. They threw these ridiculous charges at them. Who knows? Maybe they're true, but I'm skeptical, but like they are now 520 days without a trial or bail. And that's it. Like they need Trudeau needs this fig leaf to justify everything else he's done. And these are his enemies. Right. So like, you know, the, the, the truckers, uh, trucker, I, it's funny. I mentioned this to somebody the other day. One of the reasons the Freedom Convoy came about and that it was truck drivers that were sort of the main thrust of it is that, like, there's sort of been this, like, silent war on us for, like, 30, 40 years now, right? Like, you know, ELDs, deregulation, uh, you know, get all these nuclear verdicts, our jobs being undercut by you know, mass migration, you know, there was this thing in Canada here recently, an article that came out, like this Indian Canadian trucking association guy said like, you know, us Punjabis now control 60% of Canada's trucking industry. And he's not wrong, you know? So the, the vaccine mandates were kind of like this straw that broke the camel's back. And, you know, the, 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 they never, they never mandated this like on boat guys or pilots or, you know, like they, they, it was punishment, right? Like the truckers were like, you know, for so, somehow in Trudeau's head, we're the bad guys and he's going to punish us for not going along with the vaccines, you know? Absolutely. Um, everybody should go check out the on Facebook group called Alberta Political Prisoners. Uh, looks like they're selling, they got keychains and coffee cups to 
to uh yeah there's a there's a give send go for the guy's legal defense as well um i just noticed in the chat here i missed a few guys earlier uh, uh meta prime and lance the laser g'day boys i you know i was looking at the guys you know jerry uh, uh jerry morin he looks a lot like you I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> well, you know, the, the man might be, you know, my spiritual brother. Trucker uh, phenotype. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, <laughs> big, big mustache and goatee. But can you tell us about, well, just, just give us the, what, tell us about one of these guys. I don't know. Tony, uh, Oenik, or. or... Uh, they're just regular, you know, three of these guys have families. I think Tony's the only one that doesn't have kids. I mean, a couple of them are truckers or small business owners. They're just like regular dudes, and they rolled up to Coots to show support to like their their fellow truckers and working class people, and tell Trudeau like enough's enough. And then they got swept up in this thing. And you know, there's these like two pretty hot undercover female RCMP officers <laughs> who are implicated in the evidence against these guys, right? So, you know, <laughs> like. It, it, the, the, the whole thing stinks. And, you know, th these are my people. And, like, I went to Freedom Convoy in Ottawa. You know, I, I, someone has to stick up for these guys, and the media is not doing it, so I will, you know? Yeah. By the way, Chris Lysak looks uh, – he looks like a Spartan. I mean, he looks like – he's pretty Bronze Age-looking <laughs> guy. <laughs> Big guy. Yeah. Um, apparently, one of these gentlemen's been denied uh, a, a certain uh, – dietary supplements you know alberta health doesn't approve it you know uh, a couple of them have lost a lot of weight they're they're being kept in remand which isn't sort of like normal prison or normal jail because like it's expected you're going to go to trial so it's sort of like this purgatory where they don't get treated like regular inmates they actually get treated worse and mm -hmm. you know what, what the government's doing to these guys is pretty gross Oh yeah. Oh, okay. I, I'm reading. It says that he was he was an avid bodybuilder. Yeah, he's a big guy. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing they not let him have access to weights and things like that. Human but, Rights Coalition is going to get him for not getting the his creatine, creatine as he is in, in uh, the UN mandates. He must be. <laughs> I noticed that uh, people were talking about there's a rodeo, so they're they're going to have a poker rally September sixth, sixteenth in uh, in Alberta. They also, they also said there's a rodeo event in Caroline for another political prisoner. Oh, wow. That's news to me. I haven't checked it in a little while. So yeah, just, I mean, it's disgusting stuff and it's, I mean, you don't think that, Oh, well, this is Canada. Who cares? Uh, this is the same thing about, they do it here. If they could, it's the well, same way with Europe. Well, they're putting on them grandmas in yeah. holding them there. Yeah. We have a listener, a listener who asked Fredo, what do you think about Trudeau? <laughs> I don't. I'm. Not, uh, no. I don't really care. I mean, it's hard. It's you know, it, it's it's hard to comment on like a head of state in a tiny country. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't. I don't say tiny to mean unimportant. Just like I just mean you know, small country doesn't not in the news very much. It's hard to have an opinion, right? Like we get the news. Most of my knowledge comes from Gord. So obviously I think Trudeau is pretty bad because that's, that's where I'm getting most of my information. And I, uh, you know, I trust Gord's opinion as the guy among us closest to the topic. Well, thank you. Uh, far be it for me to like, you know, influence uh, people about 
my home country. But like Trudeau's just such a unique case. He's just so bad at everything, and he and he kind of encapsulates. I think Botch just said, you know, like a, a liberal authoritarianism, where it's like, yeah, he he wears the he, he wears the you know rainbow socks, and he talks in social justice lingo. But like, if you defy him or disagree with him, like you just get coded as like some kind of white right winger and you're just going to be outgrouped and scapegoated. And that's what he did. Like when crisis came to town during COVID, instead of like, you know, being a leader, he just he just scapegoated and outgrouped anybody that didn't agree with him. Like he just he just went to war against half of his own country instead of like taking a leadership position and trying to be diplomatic about things, you know, like that's that. that and, and like I say, that's encap encapsulates kind of what the sort of, you know, the, the regime around the West does now, they can't bear any dissent. They, they don't like, you know, people not agreeing with them because, you know, they're mostly technocrats and experts and they've all got, you know, postdoctoral degrees and, you know, there's this, this case and they, they just do not, want to be disagreed with or told they're wrong trudeau is of those people so he's going to punish the people that disagree with him and a lot that's just like basically average working canadians are his enemy it always seems like with that kind of thing they use canada as like a test bed uh again i think because of the smaller country thing they use canada as like a test bed to like float trial balloons for a lot of this stuff before they you know give it a, a whirl in the united states like work out the kinks in canada yeah, I mean, well, look what they did with the, you know, the bank freezing, right? Like that's gone international now. You guys saw that Nigel Farage of uh, yeah. UKIP and Brexit and all that. He got, he basically got told we're no longer doing business with you. By so a he, bank called Coots, by, <laughs> by coincidence, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's very coincidental. But like what, what, what economic crime is Nigel Farage ever committed you know like he's just he's just an enemy of the state you know um our uh my, my buddy jeremy mckenzie who was on with bog beef a couple months ago they now came after his girlfriend she's been debanked you know like they just they're, they're now using the economic system against people and a, a lot of folks are wondering when that's coming south of the border or if there's maybe better financial protections for customers here like i'm not 100 percent sure uh, if the u.s banking system is um susceptible to such political interference like do you guys have an opinion on that well the key is so in canada your banking system is a lot more consolidated than ours mm -hmm. so it's easier to do like they can do a lot of the same things here but in the u.s the number of banks that are at large enough to at least matter right not, not necessarily like you know be the biggest but to to make an impact is much, much larger than in Canada, even even like if you adjust for population, right? Um, and then the second part of that is the U.S. has a dual charter system for banking, uh, which I don't, you can keep me honest on this one because I could be wrong. I don't think Canada has that. And what I mean by that is like, you can be a federally chartered bank where you're regulated by the federal government, or you can be a state chartered bank where your primary regulator is one of the 50 states. So there's like a, a bit of a leverage opportunity there as well. Right. Yeah. I'm unaware of um, any provincial level regulations. And like you say, uh, the, the banking system in Canada, there's only like half a dozen big banks and they're everywhere. So I'll, I'll assume that's the case. Fredo. So Fredo says, I'm going to do the same thing you did. I'm going to go back to something you said earlier. You're talking about you know, the, the real flag of our country is now the rainbow flag. And, 
you know, you can feel however you want to, way you want about that. But at the moment, as far as it, uh, it's concerned with people in power, it's true. And uh, this this brings me to uh, an unrelated but related-ish story. There was a movie released, I guess, two weeks ago now, or maybe a week or two, yeah, two weeks ago now, called The Sound of Freedom. And it was a movie that started out as just a regular studio movie. I think it was owned by Fox or whatever until they were bought out by Disney. And it's about it's a true, based on a true story about this about a man who fought against child sex, uh, sex traffickers in South in South and Central America. And you know the news story was that it beat out Indiana Jones at the box office. Which Indiana Jones is like you know a huge Disney Disney movie uh, franchise, you know probably by the time we're, we're, we're all of a sudden done a billion two billion dollars put into this damn movie, hundreds of millions of dollars in in advertisement and this boomer boomer movie right very explicitly right wing movie beat it out. Uh, that by itself not terribly exciting. The, what, is, what interested me was the reaction to the movie. And usually, the, the, here's a playbook that happens when there's a movie that's like right-wing coded and they don't like it. I'm going to give you guys some straight-up examples from Death Wish reviews that came out in 1974 or 75, whenever Death Wish, the first one, came out. I suppose Death Wish shouldn't be taken too seriously. It is, after all, not much different from the cheap melodramas about killer heroes that Charles Bronson's made in the past. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, th this uh, is a functionally simplistic movie, which is precisely the intellectual level desired for straight-out exploitation treatment. Sometimes they would call these movies mean, and maybe even evil, but you notice that they're not talking about the people who watch this movie. They're not, it, Roger Ebert's not calling you a bad person for watching Death Wish. Uh, I know specifically when you're talking about movies that involved actual child exploitation, like Pretty Baby or Blue Lagoon, which were as close to child pornography in a major motion picture film as we've probably ever gotten. The, their reaction to this was, I think Ebert's quote was, watching it made him feel uncomfortable. He didn't like that. So that's pretty, pretty, pretty laid back response. Here's what The Guardian magazine said about the sound of freedom the QAnon adjacent thriller seducing America this past 4th of July while the intended audience of Indiana Jones was presumably spending time with their families and friends at barbecues or in other social situations an unoccupied fandom rallied by the star Jim Caviezel that day and, cl and claimed the day with a 14 million dollar gross no matter uh, blah, 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 accused Disney of being in cahoots with a global cabal of high power pedophiles and make clear the truth doesn't have too much purchase around these parts. Here's what Rolling Stone magazine said about this movie. Sound of Freedom is a superhero movie for dads with brain worms. The QAnon tense thriller about child trapping is designed to appeal to the confident conscience of a conspiracy addled boomer. Now you'll notice that in these titles and subtitles they're directly attacking the audience of the movie not the movie itself. By the way, this happened. This is all the time now. I feel like every movie is judged pretty much that way. Like, if there's a bad movie, 
but it has like a I don't know, like an all female like Ghostbusters was like right. the first one that I remember like this. The, <laughs> the, the girl Ghostbusters. It I have no idea if it was good or bad. I don't watch movies if they're not like Mission Impossible or Fast and the Furious or James Bond. <laughs> uh but like Ghostbusters movie, you had to like it. That was the first yes. movie I remember being like was the thing. Like you have to like this because if you don't like this, you're some way bigoted. But that's that's pretty much universal across movie reviews now, though. Like the the whether or not you're allowed to like it is based entirely like on that stuff. Well, I will throw out a caveat. You're right. The Ghostbusters movie and a lot of different movies that they knew before they released it. This is a bad movie. It's not going to do well. We need to come up with an excuse. And you saw the the Ghostbusters women. Those. Uh, "Quote unquote comedians were, would do interviews where they insulted people for not liking it. Maybe like, oh, you're a fifty-year-old guy who lives with your mom, or whatever. You don't like our film. They knew that this movie was gonna was gonna tank, so they needed an excuse to why that happened. Oh, well, people hated the movie because they're bigoted. I feel like that's a little different than Rolling Stone saying like this is a movie that was made to be enjoyed by by the chuds. This is a movie for 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 bad people." But I could be wrong. I mean, I'm sure this has happened before, but this was so, there was so strong with this because like Jim Caviezel's other big hit film was Passion of the Christ, another Mel Gibson joint, and I remember the controversy around that, and it was kind of like that in American Sniper. If you enjoy this movie, like you might be a you're a redneck or whatever. But I don't think Rolling Stone and The Guardian said that. But I I I'm, I can stand to be corrected if I'm wrong. Yeah, by the way, I mean, uh, Sound of Freedom has box office 90 million so far. I mean, it says they and it's they made more money this week than they did last week. That they they made half what uh, Mission Impossible did. Yeah. Only 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 14 million to make it. Well, um, Mission Impossible, by the way, soft type was awesome. First movie I've probably seen in six. So, like, you know, my fiance will drag, will drag me to the movies usually because I'm not a movie guy. This was one where, like, when the movie ended, this was real man stuff. I turned to her and said, that was actually good. Why don't they make more good movies? And the guy in front of me was like, hell yeah. Like, and it was, <laughs> she had, like, a like a total moment. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to th- I had another one I wanted to throw here from, from Bloomberg. Uh, Sound of Freedom is a QAnon dog whistle by Noah Berlotsky. You might recognize Noah because he was part of the um, – Minor attracted per, uh, persons lobby group Prostasia back in uh, 2017, 16, whenever. Uh, he's. I legally can't say that. I can't say it, but you know what I'm. What I what they like this. Hey, Bloomberg, the out, outlet Bloomberg had him review this movie about child sex traffickers and attack it. Yeah. <clears throat> so he's. I mean, I don't have any comments with him. It's not that he's a troll, but I mean, we have heard things on the back end that, um, uh, yeah, he's got that he's got some kind of grift. I mean, so one thing, like if you, if you call him and ask him for like a, a controversial take, he will give it to you. Uh, no problem. Um, so I, I, I'm not, I'm not certainly not defending him, but, uh, he, he's, um, yeah, he, 
but he's he's like if you, you that isn't even scratching the surface um he writes romance novels where octopuses um do stuff uh they can't talk about on twitch but um yeah so i, I want to go to another movie story real quick no well hold on i want i want mm-hmm. is this about this movie no all right i want to continue a little bit on this and we'll take sure. along with it but uh there was I've seen this t- a variation of this take a couple times. It's usually by respectable people, Republican type guys, or you know, respectable liberals, vaguely libertarianish, and they'll say, you know, hey, look, of course we think that this is a big that this is a big problem that child sex it's bad, but it doesn't happen very often, and it, it's a really bad look for you guys to be going crazy about this. You know, the comet pizza. You shouldn't go crazy about the comet pizza stuff. And get too conspiratorial, which by itself is strange because, like, as we know from Jeff from like Jeffrey Epstein's case, there there's a, a documented highly high-powered child sex trafficking ring that we just we know existed. No, they they don't even bother pretending it's not real anymore. So that by itself is strange, but like. If you did believe that there did exist some amount of child sex trafficking in the United States and bordering regions, what possible harm could there be for you to be too focused on destroying that? Can you imagine a progressive like looking at another progressive like, hey, you know, racism's not really that big of a deal. You shouldn't be going crazy about it and talking about it all the time. It's not a good look. Yeah, well, you know, when the last time there was another news cycle where conservatives really pushed this trafficking stuff. And I remember like, cause you get no response, but if they, when they push really hard, you start getting these strange answers. So one answer you get is that, uh, the, no one says this directly, but, um, they don't really want to have any conversation about the, about trafficking because they perceive that that, uh, could do, could, uh, it's low status. Th- thinking and caring about that is low status, and well, they don't want to be perceived as low status. Well, well yeah, yeah, but that uh, that that could harm uh, immigration. So, like one less person could could end up here. Furthermore, like we got like these really like, and this is the kind of, like you have to really press to get these sort of answers. But the, as far as as sort of sex trafficking, which I mean, does anybody not think this is true? I mean, so uh, the guy that was on. Um, Tucker. Tucker last time. I mean, he's he's sort of he sells a course on how to do it. Yeah. Uh so any uh you know, you you sort of you have sort of women sort of semi imprisoned, not really in prison, but like they're gonna get sent back to, to Yemen or whatever if if um they get off the, the cam or whatever, which is just the new version of, of uh you know prostitution and pimping and shit. But um they, what they would say is, well, this is, the, by the way, this is where a lot of this sort of empowered sex worker stuff started talking about. They said, well, they're getting out of, there's, it's just a job. They're sort of getting out of, out mm-hmm. of, of poverty. Uh, they like this. There's, they're mailing back money back home and all, all this bullshit. So I totally agree. It's a, it, it's, it's really good topic to hammer. Now, in terms of like, does it deliver politically? I think it, it, it like, it's, it, it can't be your only game that, I think that's a. I think that's not a good way to go. But it's definitely like um, I can tell you, like uh, those pictures of those weird people standing around, uh, like Lady Gaga and those like weird used car salesmen standing around those gross scenes 
at parties where uh where Hillary Clinton was at and shit. Um, I think is good. Like I, even in terms of Machiavellian politics, yeah, push them, it, them pictures out there. It works. No, it, it's a motivating factor. So like, there's if you don't think it 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 has any value at all, then you're doing like the materialism thing to the extreme, right? Which is wrong because like on some level we know, for instance, uh, abortion drives people to the polls, right? And that's not a that's not really a material issue for most of the people that are voting one way or another on that. And th this something like this is not going to push people to the polls the way that like abortion would, but it, it does, it, it has some effect at the edges and it's very, very low effort. Like you can put that stuff out there without distracting from your more substantive efforts. Oh, I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. It's just like, all I want, like, well, and, and I, and I, and this is not something I've thought about Drake, but like, what like remember uh Podesta, remember Podesta? He had those weird paintings and shit in his house. Yeah, I don't new children and stuff. Yeah, Podesta. I don't know what you can really like. I like it's not like you can. Um, I don't think you can get him arrested or anything. But um, you know, you can start. You can sort of uh, let people know. You know, no, I, just, I mean, yeah, you can't get them arrested because, like, what the, they, you're right, because, like, it was, I mean, those were sold at, like, an art auction. It was, like, a public thing. But, I mean, they obviously care about this because the story behind that, and I've never been able to track it down since, which shows how they erased it. The, 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 the fountain of that story was not, like, somebody that, like, snuck into his house and took pictures of that stuff. It was... The, I believe it was the Washington Post is before Bezos bought it. Their art section did a story about it. Like, just like, oh, look at this important political guy that has all these very interesting tastes in art. Like they weren't they weren't doing it as like an expose. Like, this is bad. They were just saying, like, this guy is into very unusual art, him and his brother. And then they, they published it. And that you cannot find that anywhere now like that has been just like scrubbed from the internet i've tried if someone has a copy of that like email that to the podcast because i mm -hmm. remember seeing it i remember it disappearing and i've never been able to see it again yeah yeah ab absolutely now and like so this isn't going away and i mean that and so first off like in the, i remember way back probably when i was maybe a teenager there was a scandal because like books a million or one of these places would sell these sort of coffee table art books. And th and this was sort of a way to do backdoor CP that there would be like, Oh, mm -hmm. it's just art of, of naked kids. But Nudist the, the, family stuff. Yeah. That was the, that was the thing they would do. Yeah. But the thing like that, this, they're not going to stop doing this because this is kind of like the Confederate flag for them. And what I mean by that <laughs> is like, remember we were talking about like, <laughs> Like guys in military, in like hardcore military units, no matter what country or whatever, they'll 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 fly the they'll they'll do the Confederate flag or the death head or SS or whatever, and like it, you know, it, it's it's kind of like it has a certain meaning in terms of like we're badass, fuck you, and this kind of thing. But like this kind of stuff, like it, this is like this is like how you establish that you are elite. You say like. The little minions are gross. I mean, the little minions are, they would be grossed out by this. They can't handle this. Um, Kirsch Yarvin has a thing where he says, like, um, and mm -hmm. there he says, like, basically, like, immorality is like a, a, a 
a, a immediate direct danger. And, and I, I came up with something like this by myself. And then I saw Chris Jarvin come. I was like, damn, you, man, you didn't steal my idea unless you can sneak into my mind because it write it down. But still, I had the same. It's like uh, sort of like basic immorality is, is like an immediate threat if you are middle class or below. If you if you don't have a ton of bread and you um you get AIDS, you develop a, a, a drug habit, you um you basically get into any sort of immoral stuff, like this this is gonna like mess up your life, like directly. The, 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 this is very important for you. This is why I mean so uh but if you're if you're rich and you're elite, well you can sort of play, you can dab, you you can sort of and this is sort of like what uh, they know that the common person is grossed out by these things. And that's one of the things that makes it seductive for us. You're, you're sort of elites. And so this is why I don't, they can't stop. They can't, they love this stuff and they're going to love it forever. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Th- there's an interesting thing here too, where, uh, did you guys ever read, uh, coming apart? The Charles Murray book came out like a little over 10 years ago. I never have. No, is that that fishtail one. Yeah. 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 Yep. And I did. So he actually only got halfway there with his central thesis in that book. You got the whole way there, Bogby. If you did Charles Murray, because he got halfway there and he said, Oh, like the upper classes promote this sort of morality and living standard that's completely destructive to the lower classes, but they can kind of get away with it because of their sort of inherent advantages. But he attributed it completely differently than you, and I think you're right, and he's wrong. His thing was like they're just oblivious, basically, that they live so far detached from ordinary people that they just they just they're not even thinking about what that would do to an average person. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I, and I thought that was probably correct at the time I read the book uh, eleven years ago or whatever. But sitting here today in 2023, I actually think your explanation is better. Well, thank you. And I, I like S- someone said, and I don't remember if it was if it was uh, Lord Yarvin or somebody else. So don't quote me on this. I, I saw it secondhand from a friend of the podcast that a lot of these rich people, like the maybe not Podesta because he might just be into some stuff, but like they view pedophilia the way that normal people view alcoholism like it's bad but it's not that bad like right it's 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 a it's a and by the way, law but by, well, rich is kind of you don't mean some guy made 30 million dollars in uh, installing pools right exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah the cognitive elite or whatever they call themselves yeah yeah uh, th- this isn't so <laughs> there's no way around this uh I think that all these arguments about whether or not like, uh, comet pe- people should complain about comet pizza or whether or not you should like the sound of freedom, their anxiety about these ideas being low status. They don't people who would otherwise be respectable center right or center left political people don't want to be involved in, in this discussion because it can get you could really get you in trouble and to do so. You would be for if you if you admitted that this was a this was a an, an actual battleground. You would be forced to choose, we'll just say, between the people who create drag children and the people who are trying to stop them from creating drag children. And you know that sounds like if you're probably says you like that's a no brainer. I don't I want to be on the anti uh, 
having children become drag performers side. But that's a big problem because that puts you at odds with like the president of the United States. This this is like this movie and liking this movie is a heresy against their religion. And they don't like it because it doesn't share their moral vision. And if you are if you're not on board with their moral vision, you are their enemy. This is not like this is not something peculiar to them. This is how morality works. You're you're either you know you're either on one team or you're on the other. And people are correctly scared of being being of being forced to, to choose sides. But you have to choose sides, like you, whether you want to or not. This is why. And this is a very cynical way to look at politics. But like if you're going to look at it cynically, you should be absolutely 100% in favor of, of these things. Like w- The quicker we sort this out, the quicker something can be done about it. But beyond that, just like the, hmm, is, is this a winning issue? Well, if you're running for office, let's say you're the go- you want to be the governor of this, the Commonwealth of Virginia, and you say, part of my platform is I'm going to stop people in our public school system from... Uh, doing things, sexual things to your children that we think is wrong. Well, A, you're going to win your election because your parents like that. But B, it's the right thing to do. If you accomplish nothing else in your time in office but absolutely decimating child, the, you know, child sex trade, that would, be a doing, that would be accomplishing something other than I don't know, giving trillions of dollars to the Ukraine or whatever dumb shit the Republicans are going to otherwise do. In terms of Machiavellianism, I mean, the only reason why you can still buy uh, 30-round magazines in your state is because someone used this strategy politically. Yes, yes. I mean, it's not, I, don't like the, I don't like the X's and O nuts and bolts argument. Cause like, you just, if you're a good person, this is one, one of those situations where you can generally say, yeah, this is just what you do. If, if you follow like, Christian morality, you, you have to do this. You have to be against this. There's, you don't have a choice. Whether you would want to or not, it's just like I, I compare it to the libs and their anxiety about racism or whatever. It's the same thing for them. They, they, there's nobody on their side who can tell them you need to chill out about about your, you know, your race war stuff. They can't because that's an inherent part of their moral framework. And to pull on that thread unravels the whole thing. And, and so, why on earth, if you were somebody who doesn't like you know, if you don't follow the Joe, the Joe Biden, whatever, the progressive vision of the future, why wouldn't you be mashing this button as hard as you can? Because it's something that normal people will understand and they will care about because it's, it's, it's the most evil thing that you can imagine human beings doing to other human beings. You know, uh, what, what, where's the argument? There is none. You're with us or you're against us on this. I'm sorry. I know that, and I know people get antsy when they hear that, but it yeah. is what it is. I mean, yeah, like, uh, as the as the only, I think I'm the only person here with children. <laughs> um, I'm with Merrick. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, yeah, there, there's there's lines you don't cross them, and it, it all the academic discussion around this uh, melts away real fast once you got kids. This, I don't, but this issue is why we have a podcast. It's why I talk about politics. It's why I cared about politics. That's why I got, you know, into radical politics or whatever. This is it. This is exactly the reason why. And, you know, I had friends who made fun of me for that. You remember that, Bob Beef. The first time I saw them dress up a little, a little boy as a drag performer, 
that 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 that, that radicalized me permanently. Uh, flip the switch, yeah. But we, whatever, you know. Well, my like the only issue I, I have with it is that, and this is something that can only be solved through things like this film and stuff is, um, and I'm sure that there's a lot of bad actors that that sort of uh, promote the, the situation like it is. Um, so, uh, I, you know, whatever, Q, like the media is saying that this is QAnon or whatever, but regardless of whether it is or not, like your access to this, like if you, like, if you want to get involved with gun politics, like uh, I could tell somebody what to do. I could tell this is where you need to get money. This, these are the, these are the meetings you could go to. This is how to get involved this stuff, because there's, there's like this criminal element and stuff you 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 feel very helpless as being in the public of like how like how you could sort of access or affect this kinds of things i know that there is things people have done people there has been sort of um uh vigilante stuff who've been quite successful by the way i mean uh very very successful people who've done these sort of sting operations where they uh, you know, they get in a chat room and they get guys to go out to some place and then they, they call the cops and they hand over the stuff. But, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that there is this, uh, there's certainly like this wall in terms of, uh, how you could sort of, uh, do things with this stuff. Maybe these things with these, this, I know that the Democrats lately have been very, very scared of this, this, um, this mother's group that is affecting all these, these, uh, mm-hmm. um, the, the school the school boards and supposedly they have it's liberty it's, moms right i believe that's them yeah the, the, this is this is very uh they have lots of people it is way less like super partisan than people would believe yeah that 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 is their that's what concerns them mom it's moms for liberty yeah, they they're our virginia's commonwealth election last election was cha- was affected if not shifted by bipartisan horror at you know the gr- grooming activities in in Virginia public schools and, and and of course it would be like Gord said it this is a ba- like a basic normal human be- human being reaction i'll see people and i know a couple of them left in 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 my everyday life who are like they're still democratic partisans and like the what boggles my mind about this is that because of who's in charge right now, like literally the president of the United States thinks it's really important that, you know, the cutting the, to cut off the genitals of children. Like that's a extremely important, one of the most important things on the planet. He says it over and over again. Like to, to be a, a hardcore Democrat, you have to agree with this. You you can't really, dis- I mean, you can dissent from it, but you're going to get in trouble. You, when, when you pull that lever from those people, you are saying, "Yeah, this is this is my this is my jam, cutting the dicks off of babies." Is that's, that's yeah? Because it's, it's not it's not a side issue that they kind of just like quietly assure the people that are into that about, right? It's I've said this before. And I actually mean it seriously. It's Joe Biden's signature issue because it's the <laughs> one thing where he has not changed his position on that ever since it's ever you know, first entered the public as a serious issue. And it's the thing he speaks most passionately and vociferously about. Like, he seems like half zonked when he talks about anything else. But you start getting him talking about uh, you got to make sure to do to sterilize children. He perks right up. And you could tell it almost seems like a like a like an actual held belief. 
Well, you know, his son allegedly, allegedly, based on files that were found, his son jokingly refers to him as Pedo Pete. President of the United States. And this is, this is why it really it say amuses me, it annoys me when people say, like, you shouldn't be spreading these conspiracy theories about elite pedophiles because the son of the President of the United States calls him one. I mean, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not making accusations one way or the other. I'm just saying. And what's his like? What's his public persona? He's the creepy old guy who like sniffs, sniffs young girls and, and behaves inappropriately, and his daughter accuses him. You know, you don't, you don't, you think that there's no merit to this? It's just, it's impossible. You have to be a crazy conspiracy theorist to think that there were powerful people who abused, sexually abused children. I guess we got to agree to disagree on that one. Yeah, I love that they accuse Trump of this stuff, and they can only find like uh, huge, big titty uh, women yeah. in their thirties and forties that have uh, <laughs> have come across them. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, an ex-president of the United States wasn't Donald Trump went to Epstein Island on the on the airplane. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> the. Uh, one other aspect of this that I wanted to drop in back with the military and this, that kind of stuff. We're talking about the the uh, the commissar angle that sort of really uh, like something that sort of benefits people like Joe Biden and sort of makes this the situation more acute for those people is that um, so you know Donald Trump banned transgender from United States military. Mm-hmm. Donald those those women who became four-star generals, there was two of them that's just that's in the past, I don't know, a couple of weeks where they've been named four-star generals and the four-star generals, uh, that, that sort of puts you in, into, um, the, that's what you need to be a major leader of a, a unified combatant command. And that means, that means like, uh, whether you're, you're the coast guard, Navy or air force, you're in charge of like everything under that that unified command that is where that is that is the job um their their promotions were held uh until donald trump went out of office and so this they planned to uh, who who, someone this was planned but they said that there's no way that he'll do this then we have with the the transgender thing they kicked out when trump in office and by the way and you know trump said he that that issue was not super important to him Either way, they were out. Biden in, they're back in. Women get promoted, etc. What this this makes these people so Biden brings them in. Now they are in ultra patronage mode. They know when this guy leaves, I'm out. These people, these are your red guards. These people will fight and for their guy because now they're this is what puts people in a really dangerous situation is when everything they have immediately gets tied to uh tied to that oh sorry uh yeah gourd sorry about that yeah i know i I missed the unmute button there yeah i know it's big day tomorrow i gotta bounce uh thank you all for having me autonomous truckers.substack.com voice of gourd on Spotify, Spotify, Apple, all your podcatchers. I got some more writing stuff in the works and, um, yeah, y'all fight the good fight for me on Twitter. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Thanks for coming out, Gord. All right. Take care, boys. Good night, man. Take it easy. All right. We got one more story to do. All right. If that's okay.
arguing about Margot Robbie's hotness is insane and really dangerous. <laughs> this is from the New York Post. Um, but I believe it's not the only article. Uh, Margot Robbie is in the new Barbie movie. Um, gosh, when you, uh, okay, here in Unheard, we have um, magazine that employs uh, Tinkzorg. Uh, it says, why are politicians debating if Margot Robbie is mid? Um, Matt Gates <laughs> weighed in. So uh, there's an international scandal been caused by our friend Bad Billy Pratt. He's killed a party on Twitter where um, <laughs> a tweet has caused an international scandal where he tweeted, he said, um, Oh my God. And people are sh posting every other, every other social media platform is just covered with all these people wanting to kill him. Even Matt Gates sort of threatened him um, where he bad Billy Pratt said that he thought that Margot Robbie was cast explicitly. This is uh quoting New York post or quoting him. Margot Robbie was cast in Barbie explicitly because she isn't pretty enough to alienate a female audience. Where are the big Barbie doll? tits <laughs> new york post says roby is the most is perhaps the closest human equivalent to a wildly disproportionate literally plastic character of a woman should be and anyone claiming otherwise is out of their mind or trolling for clicks well you know i was like i, I had one opinion about that to that last sentence like that's not true She's not a, a, a crazy. I mean, she's a beautiful, a very beautiful woman. And if you've seen the the Wolf of Wall Street, uh, you know how beautiful she is. But she's not like wildly disproportionate. She doesn't have. She's not like Christina Hendricks or whatever, right? Yeah, you know, I had the same thought where I was like, "Wow, wait, wait, wait." Well, she's super. Um, then you know, first off, uh, I posted the other day um, when Vanna White, <laughs> who is by the way. Uh, part Latina. You know ah, that? Did not know she was Vanna Blanco. Yeah. Uh, Vanna White was, was well, this, I think this was before she was famous at all or anything. She's in the audience at the Wheel of Fortune. Price of Right. Price, Price is, of Right. Price of Right. Um, Bob Barker calls her up there. And, and by the way, this is how you can tell it was, wasn't rigged, is that obviously everybody wanted her to go up, but she never, she was there for the whole hour and never guessed the, the money to get up on stage or whatever. <laughs> um, but um, you can see when she walks, she's bouncing around. And stuff's on the move. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, we've talked about this, by the way, Vanna White, a Southern Belle, right? Oh, South yeah. South Carolina, right? Uh, yeah. Miss, she's from South Carolina. She was somehow Miss Georgia, but. Hey, uh, for Vanna, we'll, we'll let that kind of thing slide. Uh, We've talked about this before. You always bring up Sydney Sweeney, right? Who's the, they don't, for whatever reason, the people who do casting in movies, they don't, they don't cast heavy-chested women anymore. They just don't do it. It happens every once in a while. I guess one slips through the cracks, like like Sydney Sweeney or Christina Hendricks, but it's rare when it does. Yeah. So there's that. I mean, and of course, by the way, you know, I'm sure Barbie is a very expensive movie and. Um, the, I, I don't think, I think there's just only a certain amount of act. Like you have to be able to act as well. The only other, the reason I thought about that is I watched bullet again the other day. Hell yeah. Someone, someone sent me something that they said they, uh, an essay from, uh, who's the Pulp Fiction guy. Tarantino. 
Uh, Tarantino wrote an essay about Bullet, apparently. Um, they, they, they told me to read it. So it's very good. I mean, people don't like Bullet. Like everything that people like in cop movies comes from Bullet. The cop movies weren't anything like there's no Miami Vice without Bullet. All that shit comes from Bullet. Everything. Like half of Heat is like, you know, in Heat, um, his girl, like uh, Pacino's girlfriend doesn't like that he does this dirty job and sees people die and all this kind of shit. It's his wife, not his girlfriend. Oh, sorry, sorry, his wife. Uh, yeah, uh, Ralph's girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> I watched that again recently, and when I saw Ralph, I just thought about your rant about how awesome he was. Ra- yeah, Ralph is cool. Uh, and I love that. I never thought about it when I watched the movie, but like, you're like, well, how is Ralph banging her? No, that's exactly who you would want if you were married to Al Pacino. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, if you're married to this like five eight guy, <laughs> to a short guy who's coked out and is losing his mind all the time, veins popping his forehead. Ralph is tall and he's chill. Ralph has no. <laughs> Ralph is chill. He's totally chill. He's cool. So uh, kick back and watch some TV. That like nice ninety CRTV CRT TV while he's hanging out on the couch. Yeah, I get that. I get the Ralph vibe. Yeah, Ralph, Ralph is cool, but um, but anyway, like all that shit is all that's all from Bullet. That's all from why do detectives and movies drop sports cars? Because it's all it's all from Bullet. It, it, all that shit is from Bullet. Now and <clears throat> Bullet had King of Cool in it, Steve McQueen. There, there's no actors these today's are cool as Steve McQueen, but his girlfriend in that movie was Jacqueline Bisset. Mm. I don't think there is no women in Hollywood anymore that look as good as Jacqueline Bissett. I mean, it's not like, I, I, really, there is not. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, yeah, she's a beautiful woman. I agree. Uh, <laughs> what, 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 what are we weighing in on? If Jacqueline well, Bissett was a- so. Well, I mean, this is part of it. So, like, obviously, if you saw Margot Robbie, if she was if she was making your grimace shake at McDonald's, you'd be like, wow. <laughs> That's a beautiful, but the idea is that that was that, you know, in the like for actresses, there would be like the superhuman standard. I, I was just about to bring up a photo of Jacqueline Bissett, but we might get in trouble with Twitch if I did that. So I'm not going to do it. Uh, it's her Why? At the, what are at they? The beach. Are they mad about photos? Uh, she's got her, her, you can see part of her anatomy through her. Oh, shirt. oh okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I want to get, I want to get in trouble, but yeah, she was a babe. You ever heard of hot tur- hot tub streams? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. But we can't get away with that. We're the good old boys. We're not the. Yeah, and I don't know. Back, I don't know. Like that is like I I don't know. You did not see people like that is a superhuman uh, level. But of course, just being straight up attractive, I don't think it's the most important thing. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. I don't know about that one, buddy. <laughs> Take that down. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't because, like, you know, you, there, you could look on uh, the you you know you walk in the mall or whatever they have to, uh, it, like various models on the cover of of uh, you know the advertisement or whatever. There they would be like more like beautiful than Hollywood actors and stuff, but of course they can't act, etc. But you know, yeah, and there's also I, the charisma. What's funny is how someone trolled like the entire news media into talking about whether or not that woman's attractive. That that's impressive. That's high level posting by yeah. Mr. Billet. I don't know. It's hard. Like clearly, like I don't have a great point about this other than like 
clearly he was getting at something if people are that outraged. You know I mean like if I said you know if you said uh Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't have big muscles in the 80s like there people like well how dare you that even though it's wrong yeah. of course that's wrong but uh you just be like oh are you blind why would you oh, say that people know that movie stars basically don't exist anymore and that even like I said there, there there's always been a thing like there it was on the Nixon tapes and I've referenced it a couple times that where Nixon's talking about how like the people who who run the fashion industry don't like women and it shows. That basically they make clothes that don't make women look good. And that if they liked women more than they did, they'd make better clothes. And like this is like well if you if you were if if um men who who really liked women were making movies today, they would be casting Sydney Sweeney's all the time. And like you know there was one in recent history who liked them a whole lot. And now he's in jail, and there were a lot of babes that he that he brought into prominence, right? Who are you talking about? Weinstein. That's his thing, right? He was always getting yeah ten of ten women cast in the movie. Like that was his thing. How you how you got your shot? Yeah, that's David Lynch too. He had pretty good taste. Yeah. That was a, I think that's a much better example. Yeah, let's go with that with, with the Patreon episode. Yeah, viral, viral load says this is like when the media picked up on Twitter and on said Jennifer Connelly's a seven. Well, that, that you're in dangerous territory with that saying that around Merrick. But Jen- I, thre- I threatened, I threatened to fight him. Uh, there's a guy that does dissident right um, stuff with uh, academic agent. Yeah, he, he does a, a hottest woman poll every time he's done it. Jennifer Connelly's one. Yeah, she was the most beautiful woman in the world for like twenty five years straight. No one's ever going to match that. That's like Helen of Troy. You're never, you're, no one's going to ever do that again for a, a sustained stretch. Just the Cal Ripken Jr. of being beautiful. It's not going to happen. Sorry. Yeah, uh, that's all. That's all I got. You got any more stories? No, Fredo, you got it. Nope. Very good. Well, appreciate having Gord on. A pretty eclectic combination of stuff. I don't oh. think they're. Go ahead. Oh, um, the this, this was in the past week. Uh, there was that that day where the uh, the blaze had all the these the the candidates except for Trump. Uh, you remember what they call that? Yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. It was the yeah, some summit or something like that? Yeah, faith summit or something. That was very entertaining. Um, Tucker was there. All Tucker killed it. I'm sure we have nothing extra to say about that. Oh, it was awesome. I thought DeSantis looked really good on there. Uh, but um, Oron kicked ass on there. Shout out to him. I mean, he looked really good. And, you know, there's all these sort of no, no, people that have been in the conservative game for a while or they come from a different world. They would kick to Oron, and Oron would lay some stuff from, you know, our side of the the, the younger guys, uh, mm-hmm. the our world, and people would be slack-jawed. It was like, damn, that guy's smart. I don't know. He just did really good out there with a suit, mixing with the, uh, I don't know, his greatest line was um, after uh, the guy that looks like the guy from Johnny Quest. <laughs> Mike Pence? Yeah. <laughs> the former vice president of the United States. Yes, okay, continue. Uh, after after <laughs> Pence got off the stage, they 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 said Oran, what do you think about it? He said, he said I he said most what I would vote for. What we need in America 
as someone who who feels the way about Americans that Mike Pence feels about Ukrainians, and that just killed. <laughs> you know, he he's in spitting distance of this of this guy. SEC Gully Gully says, "Oh no, I thought Bog was talking about Vivek <laughs> when he brought up Johnny Quest." Oh my god! Seems seems salty. There's been a lot of guys who've been trying to bust into what Oren does, and he does it better than he, he, he's good. He's he kills it tweeting. He kills the short form videos. He kills the interviews, and now apparently he's he's stacking bodies, interviewing people. I know, like you're when you if you're like a podcaster or whatever, you're supposed to say like, ah, I like this guy or whatever because like it's good for business, right? Yeah. No, he he's really like everybody should watch him because he's gonna be. I mean, he already is. He's gonna be in a big seat someday. He's got that killer instinct. Hell yeah! All right, guys, yeah. thanks for coming out. Good night. Have a good night, everybody. Making their way. The only way they know how Let's just